Tabletop Roleplaying Podcast, where the die decides our topic. My name is Dylan. I'm Ari. And you're new to the podcast. You're the new I'm girl. new to being on the podcast. That is my thing that I said to at you. But I'm not new to the podcast. I listen every week. There's not one every week because I'm horribly inconsistent. So this week we're going to be talking about making monsters, specifically in Pathfinder, because Pathfinder, as well as D&D, have a very late... My brain doesn't function. Those higher thought processes that make uh, that define a human from a regular primate, I don't have them. So we're going to do Pathfinder because the rules are well laid out and easy to follow. But the concepts we're going to go over can be applied to other systems. See, when I slow it down to, like, chimpanzee levels, I can talk words in order. Yay! So, step one is making a monster concept. You gotta figure out what you want your monster to be. What do we want our monster to be? Uh, a plant-animal hybrid. A planimal. Okay. What role yes. will this thing serve? Is it a melee combatant? Is it a ranged combatant? Can it move? Is uh, it a caster? Yes. A moving caster. Okay. So and it's, it's cute. A, a planimal that is apparently cute and casts magic. Sounds like I would eat it. Um, and, and what like level range are we kind of working for here? Like what what level is our group that we want to send this creature against a party and I make it do a battle? lower to mid-levels? Like maybe like okay. five to eight? Five to eight. All right. We'll, we'll go in the middle there and do seven Sounds because we're rounding me. up. So we're going to do a CR7 creature. We're going to aim for that kind of target. It's going to be a plant-animal hybrid thing that uses spells. Yes. To harass its opponent. Yes. Now we have to to find target statistics for this creature. We have to figure out what stats we want it to have and then apply them. Um, so we've determined the CR, which is the first thing it tells us to determine. Afterwards, we need to determine hit points. Hit points in armor class can kind of go back and forth. You know, something that is pretty easy to hit, you might give a few more hit points so that it can last a little longer in the fight. Something that's really difficult to hit, you might take some hit points away so that, you know, the fight doesn't drag on forever. You kind of want to find a middle ground there. So armor class and hit points are, excuse me, kind of a, um, a back and forth, a give and take, if you will. Should this thing have high AC and low hit points and low AC... High hit points, or should it have like a middle of the road kind of thing going on? Mm, I think because it's a caster, it should have lower AC but more hit points. Okay, so the general AC, for or maybe a... even lower AC or lower hit points because it's a caster. So we want it to be squishy. Yes. Okay, I'm actually. It runs gonna... in a pack. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a notepad document open. You guys are gonna have oh to my. deal with me typing. We're gonna we're gonna take some notes. And we're gonna we're gonna kind of go over the the features as we go. If I so. wasn't afraid of damaging things, I would do the clickety clacks too. 
plant animal hybrid C oh, wait. R7. Will it hurt things if I click on this window? Now I can do the clicky clacks. Clickety clack 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 clack. Woo, ASMR. ASMR. <laughs> Angel blooded. Okay, so CR7. It's general armor class would be 19. I'm sorry, 20. And its usual hit points would be 85. That's like the middle of the road kind of basic bitch. Let's go get a pumpkin spice latte because it's October level monster. We want this thing to be squishy. We want this thing to be like immunocompromised because it spends all day inside, uh, doesn't see any sunlight, which made its plant half of the plant-animal hybrid thing atrophy. So we could dock it, uh, let's say 15 hit points, drop it down to 60. Sounds good to me. And oops, so we'll give it 60 HP. And how about an AC? You wanted it, these both to be low. Okay, this thing's going to be kind of squishy. Yes. Um, so we're going to make kind of like animal. a glass cannon type thing. So it says the general AC for this will be 20. Uh, are you taking 17 or 18, something like that? Mm, 17. 17 AC, cool. So now we have um, the general idea of the creature, what we want it to be. We've determined that it is now squishy so that we have taken the baseline values of what a creature of the strength would be, and we've lowered them a little bit. So this thing's not terribly hard to do damage to. It'd probably be pretty easy to kill if you got it in your sights and just started whacking on it. Yes. Um, so now it's got two values here in Pathfinder where it's got high attack and low attack. And this means if a creature is a very heavy melee combatant, it would say you're going to use the high attack value because it's going to get in there and it's going to specialize in attacking with its natural weapons or carried weapons or whatever it's going to be. So you're going to use the higher value because that's what it does. And then lower attack is what it would use for, you know, if it wasn't primarily a melee combatant, like if it was a spellcaster like what we're doing. So we're going to use the low attack mod here. Because he's spellcaster. So low attack for a CR7 creature is 10. So plus 10 attack on its to hit values. Which, you know, for CR7, it's going to it's gonna do some thumping still. It'll get some hits in, So, but it's going to be squishy. So we're probably not going to have it do a whole lot of damage either. Which means nope. damage averages out in Pathfinder pretty well across different types of die. So you have a D12, and you can have two D6s, where the maximum value for both of these both of these sets of die, the D12 and the D6, is 12 damage. But the two D6s averages out to be better because the minimum amount of damage you can do with two D6s is two. So just kind of on a baseline, you're going to be doing more damage in general. We kind of don't want that for something that's going to be hitting with its... Um, you know, spells more than it's slappies. It's, it, I, w I want this thing to have like noodly vine hands. I want it to make like an audible wet yes. kind of like whenever it hits something. So we're going to kind of go with a lower oh. average damage die here. It's an octopus. <laughs> I was with thinking. The head is a flower. So, so we're writing a Lovecraft novel. Okay, got it. Um, so average damage for a CR, uh, seven creature on the low end is 22. So we need to determine what dice is going to be the lowest amount of damage to do 22. That's a lot of damage though. It kind of seems like, Jeez, yeah, it says 22. That's fuck. That's wild. To determine a creature's ad, 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 
Oh my god, please help. I'm stupid. I'm losing brain cells by the second. Please inject me with caffeine. Okay. This is the average amount of damage dealt by a creature if all of its attacks are successful. So we would give it multiple attacks. And I mean, a CR7 creature would have two attacks. Assuming yes. full BAB. Or even, you know, three quarters BAB. So assuming it hits with all of its dice... And assuming we're going to give this thing a pretty low strength mod, so we don't need to worry too much about that factoring into doing damage. So two attacks, and it needs to average out to about 22 damage. So I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe 2d12s on a primary attack. Sounds good to me. And we'll say that's its vines. Yes. Okay, so vines... Unless 10. we wanted to have like a beak. 2d12. It could have a beak too as a secondary. How about that? Yes. You know, we'll give it like low damage even for its type. So we could do like the vines are 1d12 and its beak uh, because it's not used to chewing solid foods. It likes to eat invertebrates. It likes to plant them in the ground and absorb their nutrients. Yeah, man. So it doesn't, it doesn't know what eating is. It's yes. it's like it's like weird by this, and we could we could even lower the attack bonus on this one. It's like what usually six lower for second. No, it's a second. Second attack is five lower. But it's it's also it's not like doing multiple attacks like as a player would. It's oh, that's also fair. gonna it's gonna be another plus ten to hit, and it'll be one d ten damage. So this is gonna be lower than the twenty two mark we're hitting at. This is gonna average out to be. About, let's see here. Actually, that's substantially lower. So we could do 2d12s and 2d10s and still come up below that mark. Okay. Because if we make it low on strength, it's going to be like losing damage from that anyway. Like if it has a minus one yeah. to its strength mod for only having eight strength, it's going to be 2d12 minus one. 2d10 minus one, right? So it'll actually yes. be coming up at around 20 damage instead of the 22. So this is a fairly... I like the idea of these being small. Oh, they want to be small creatures. So that actually changes things as well. A small creature doesn't have a minimum or a maximum CR, but it actually only has a base strength of CX, which means it would be 2d12 oh, so that works minus out. 2. That's why it has spells to make up for that. Yeah, so it's going to be a small octopoid plant creature. This thing, yes. this is a monster straight out of Bloodborne. Like, I feel like I've seen this before. I've never played Bloodborne. You've never played? Okay. You and I got some gaming to do, a little mess. I could ask uh, someone that may be familiar with Bloodborne. But for now, <laughs> we've got this. So now we determine primary ability DC. Because we got the vines in the beak being its natural attacks with 2d12s and 2d10s. So we've taken what the baseline is for a creature of the CR, and we've... Um, Made it kind of weak. We, we put it on the weekend of things. You know, it's like a Friday. Yeah, it likes to hang out. You know, it's getting down on Friday. It it stands slightly to the left of the primary monster and dances awkwardly, who is getting down on Friday. Primary ability DC will be the average difficulty for spells, spell-like abilities, and special abilities such as breath weapons possessed by a creature of this CR that relies on such attacks in combat. Of course, this is going to be its primary spellcasting DC because it is a caster. The primary yes. ability DC 
for a CR7 creature is 17. Yes. So, in the case of this thing, say, casting a fireball, and the players need to make a reflex save to dive out of the way, they'd have to roll at least a 17 to be able to get out of that way. So we're going to have to make sure that the, um, the stats match this as we build the creature. And it's secondary ability DC, which if it uses, you know, something like a combat maneuver, something that it's not primary at, but can still do. This This will be the DC it needs to make to... Oh, like a free grab attack. Yeah, something like that. So we can actually add that to the vines. We could put, you know, 2d12 yes. plus grab, which gives it another ability. So it can try and grab something. It'll try and grapple something. And it's not going to be like its primary, like, you know, this is what I'm what I'm made to do. It's just kind of kind of be like a last resort. Like it runs out of spell slots. So secondary DC in this regard uh, will be for CR seven a twelve. So they'll have to, you know, roll a twelve to escape from that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm liking how this thing's fleshing out. We had our original concept, and even as we're looking through the the things that we need to do to build a monster, like flesh it out more particularly, we're kind of refining the idea and giving it like new traits, which is a good thing to go off of, especially if you're like us and you're just kind of building a monster out of nothing. We're just like, screw it, let's build a monster. This is going well for this because we've got a good baseline and we've got it set so where we know what direction we're gonna move in. Of course, if you know what- Plant octopus. Yeah, plantopus. That sounds Small dirty. plant of plus. <laughs> and uh, when the characters are at higher levels, you could do a field, like a flower field of plant of pluses. That sounds horrifying. Could you imagine, like, you go and pick a flower and then just the, all the ground underneath it is writhing? <laughs> Could you imagine being anywhere and the ground just writhing? Could you imagine picking one up, scaring it, and suddenly 30 fireballs come shooting? Oh, man, the, the spells are totally going to come out of the flower. It reminds me of uh, the one scene in Godzilla where they do the jolting thing into the ground and it's all worms. Ew. Ew worms. Ew. So now we will determine its saves. So it's good saves, which are the things that it's good at, which we will assume are going to be, um, you know, will saves because it's a spellcaster. Yes. Uh, and maybe maybe fortitude saves because it's plant. Plants are pretty good. Yeah, I'd say probably fortitude rather than will. Will would probably be medium, and then reflex would be pretty bad. Well, it's got good and bad. So, like, there's the saves it's good at and the saves that it's bad at. So, CR7 good save value is a plus 10, and the bad saves is plus 6. So, yeah, we can, we can hash out. plant would be willful? I mean, it's it's spellcasting. Most spellcasters are pretty good at resisting other spellcasters because that's kind of what they do. That's fair. So we could do um, fortitude and and will. You could have two yes. good saves and one, and then just not be good at reflex. So like, it it can counter spell and it can um, it can like resist poisons because like poisoning a plant and an animal at the same time it can be a little difficult. But then once you set it on fire, it's like oof, oh no, ouch. I'm a plant and I'm rooted in place. It's hard for me to doge. Yes. So we're going to do uh, our, our, our good saves are going to be um, 
um, um, will and fort and our bad saves will be a uh, riff there so now we got that marked down and now we will determine the creatures hit dice so we oh, have to determine fine. what the creature type is going to be to determine its hit dice which you know plant. certain certain abilities well see we got plant and we got animal and it this applies to both it could also be an aberration because this thing sounds an awful lot like an aberration. It could also be fey or magical beast. You know, magical beast is pretty solid. That's 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 a good one. I think magical beast will be what we go with here. Because this is probably some wizard just having like a like he got high on flay leaf and decided to fuck around kind of day. This this that's where this thing came from. So, it's going to have a CR7 nine hit dice. Sounds good to me. Now we will determine the size of the creature. You said you like the idea of them being small. Small. So it is going to be a small magical beast. I'm gonna format this thing like an actual like bestiary entry, and I will I will actually put this up on the uh, on the Discord and in the uh, the Patreon stuff, so people can use this monster in their campagans if they so choose. Maybe we'll get fan art. I would love to get fan art of this horrid thing. This wretched thing, ceaseless watcher, turn your gaze upon this wretched thing. So now we know what you've been doing with your free time. <laughs> well, I'm a I'm gay for Johnny Sims. We all know it. Okay. So size determines a lot of things about this creature. Since it is a small creature, its base str base strength is going to be ten. I'm sorry, six. But its base dex is going to be twelve, and its base constitution is going to be eight. Um, we can, of course, tweak these values if we so decide to. So strength, 6, uh, dex, 12, on 8. Um, and I, th those honestly seem pretty, pretty on par. So this is going to make the, uh, the 2d12 and 2d10 damage drop down minus 2 because of its low strength value and overall make its damage lesser in melee combat. But so I, I am looking at the natural attacks page. Yes. Uh, and it says that bites are primary and tentacles are secondary. All right, so we'll just slip swap them around. And small creatures have d4s for hit dice usually. For hit dice, yes. So it's got 94 hit dice. Or I was just talking base damage for the attacks. Uh, that's a lot of d4s to roll to try and get that amount of damage, though. That is fair. I just thought it was amusing. I, mean, I suppose if it's going to be doing multiple attacks, like it could be a beak and then two vines. Yes. Let's see what the uh, the average die result on a d4 is. So that's 2.5, which means if you roll two of those, you get an average die result of five, which means somewhere in, we're going to have to roll between four and five d4s for small oh creature with the enforced yeah and with minus two you're probably gonna have to throw a few more in so that is fair d12s and d10s do seem a little high for a small creature though uh okay how about we'll do a beak and two vine attacks so the beak can be three d4s minus two where the vines can each be one d4 minus two so that's be 5d4s, and if that were to hit without any modifiers, that would average out, like, if they were all to hit and all do maximum damage, it, it would probably be around 23 to 25 damage. So we're hitting the mark there. And if it did a full attack, it would 
it would attack with its vines and attack with its beak. So that's, we hashed it out. We did it. Thank you for pointing that Yay. out and correcting my awful, awful mistakes. It was on a separate page, so I mean, I I'm also I count that as a mistake. Just bad at this. But think of the plantipus. Plantipus. What are we going to call this creature? We got to give it some whimsical name if it's some sort of wizard fart. So not the plantipus. Plantipus is like on the nose. Like if if you hear about a plantipus in the wilds, I think you're gonna like get like a solid idea of what you're getting yourself into. We should call it something like weird and crazy, so that if somebody doesn't listen to this episode and goes into a campaign GM'd by somebody who does listen to this episode, they're gonna have no idea what the hell is going on. They're gonna be surprised by a field of flowers which sneezes fireballs at them, and it's gonna ruin their whole day. Their whole day. That's what we should do. Ruin somebody's entire day. We could also make it a contest. We could, but I only ever get like two results out of any of those things, so. Do you advertise on Twitter? I don't have any followers on Twitter. I guess I'll just unfollow then. You're my only one. You're the only person who follows my Twitter, Ari. Yeah, and I'd retweet it, and then my followers will see it, and then my <laughs> oh, okay, followers okay, will okay, retweet. Okay, okay, okay. The, the listeners will name the monster. Yay. Okay. 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 Now we've got a whole bunch of tables to go over. Now that we've picked the size of this thing... Uh, we have to determine its abilities, skills, and feats, and other statistics. So we're looking at a lot of tables here, especially in Pathfinder. It's a very math-heavy game. Something like Tenra would probably be easier to flesh out because, you know, you really only gotta, like, is this thing going to use magic or is it going to hit things? And most things in Tenra are just going to hit things because magic is complicated. So you just kind of figure out where your players are at and throw something generally Question. equal. Yes? You meant Pathfinder, not Tenra, correct? I was, okay. You've derailed my thought process, and because I'm stupid, I'm having trouble getting it back on the track. I'm saying that you Pathfinder- You said Tenra. Yeah. I'm saying, <laughs> I, I meant to say Tenra. What I'm saying is, like, Pathfinder is a very math-heavy game, but in a game like Tenra, it would be easier to, like, figure out these kinds of stats, because Tenra stats are a little bit more streamlined, where you don't have all these oh. special abilities and stuff that, that creatures have. Unless it's an Ayakashi, because then you have 8 million special abilities. But I understand now. Yeah. In a game like Tenry, you would just kind of figure out, is this thing going to punch my players? Yes, let's see what you know stat they have and that would you know reasonably be able to hit them, but it wouldn't automatically be guaranteed. Like It's kind of easier to stat out in a game that's a bit more streamlined like Tenra. Um, but there are also games that are wildly more complicated than Pathfinder. But because Pathfinder is pretty math heavy, this is kind of where the concept portion of things ends and where the actual math of things picks up a bit more. Like there, there will be a bit more conceptualizing because, of course, we're going to pick what spells and, and spell-like abilities this thing can use and what feats it may have. But yes. that, uh, it, it's still, it's still going to do a lot of math because those are going to determine how it interacts with the world around it. So we got table 1-4 here, creature statistics by type. Uh, so we're, we're oh calling this thing a magical beast. So its hit die is usually a d10. So that's also kind of a good thing to note because while we want this thing to have an average of about like, you know, 60 HP if you just ran this thing out into like a battlefield, like you just want to have a million of them and you don't want them all to have unique um, statistics or anything, you just say each one of them has 60 HP, kill them. 
But if you want to, like, say they're fighting just one, and it might be unique in some way according to, uh, you know, your game or your setting, and maybe you want it to be stronger than your usual plantipus, you can roll those 90-10s and figure out what its hit points are manually. Yes. So, a magical beast has a BAB uh, of its hit dice, this fast BAB, so it says it should have plus nines to hit? What? This is conflicting information based on the tables I just had. Uh, with Pathfinder, it's the rule of the specific over the rule of the general. So I think the first table is considered a general table, and then this is a specific table to the magical beast. True. It does say that monster statistics by CR is an average based on all of these things. So it could be plus nines to hit. But you know, this thing has pretty low damage, so plus 10 I think is pretty fair. It's going to be able to hit with those attacks, it's just not going to do a whole lot. So it's not terribly threatening either way. So it can have its plus 10s, I think. It also says its good saving throws would be fortitude and reflex, but we've decided no on that. Because yes. it's a plant. How would its reflex saves be good? And its skill ranks are two plus its intelligence modifier per hit die. So here we go. We have to start determining what its intelligence is going to be, what its willpower is going to be, and what its charisma going is going to be. I don't think this thing is going to be terribly charismatic, seeing as it is a plantipus. Plantipus. But I think it will be intelligent. In fact, this thing could probably like speak telepathically in some way, or like through uh, pollen. It, it it injects its thought processes into its pollen and then gives you allergies that let you understand its intentions because that sounds uncomfortable and something like a magical creature would do. Yes. I'm glad you agree that it is uncomfortable. So let's say an end of uh, 18? What do you think? Well, Hello. what's its good save? Its good saves are willpower and fortitude. Oh, no, sorry. The, uh, like, its saving throw thing. Uh, for its spells. Uh, uh, 18, was it? Uh, its primary DC for its spell abilities is going to be 17. 17. Yes. So, if we presume that intelligence will be its spell casting. Indeed. Uh, we can reverse engineer its intelligence. It'd have to be pretty far up there to get a 17. Uh, so, the difficulty class is 10 plus the spell level plus the cleric's... Or not the cleric. The plant's wisdom modifier, or intelligence modifier in this case. And intelligence is also going to determine its maximum spell level, I think. Yes. Oh boy, things are getting complicated. <laughs> Welcome to Spellcasters. Welcome to Spellcasters. So, uh, 18 would make the base DC plus 4. And then if it was using a third level spell, that would bump it up to 17. And yes. at right about to level 8, third level spells is what player characters would be using, so I think that's probably where it'd be at. So, 18 int. Sounds good to me. Okay, so it's got 18 intelligences. It's pretty smart. Uh, it's going to have a wisdom... I don't know, like... Willpower goes off of wisdom, does it not? I believe will does go based off of wisdom. Okay, so if it's got good saves in its willpower, you know what? 
I'm just going to assume. How about a 14? 14 sounds good. 14, but it's like not charismatic at all because it stays inside and plays video games all day. Uh, yes. So I'm going I'm to give it like an 8. So it gets smart and it, it kind of knows its way around. It can like figure out things on the fly, but it doesn't know how to talk to girls and really has a hard time socializing at parties because, you know, it is an octopus with a flower for a head. And that, that that's like unattractive usually. So now that we have determined its intelligence being a plus four modifier, its intelligence being a plus four mod plus its monstrous magical beast being two plus intelligence mod per hit die. So that'd be six times nine is 54 skill points to spend on this thing. Oh boy. But it cannot have more than a plus nine in anything from skill ranks because that is how skills am do. Four skill points. Writing that down with my clicky clacky old keyboard. Um, so we won't have to pick all of these here on the podcast because that's long and tedious and boring. But what skills would you say would be like primary to this thing? Like something that we would dump nine skill points into and like take a big chunk out of this thing. Because I would say like probably. Perception? Uh, how does it perceive? Blind sight. Blind or blind sight. sense. Blind sense. Okay. So we can give that thing blind sense. And that would mean it has a very high perception score. So nine per plus nine perception. And if it maybe um, spellcraft, Laura yes. Croft, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. Definitely. She's pretty cute. It would obviously have a sleight of hand, right? <laughs> sleight of tentacle. I don't know. Wouldn't that be dex? Well, it does have a it has a 12 in dex. We could give it like six points. Slide of slide of tentacle. I don't know why it would. Oh, you. Oh, you know what it have a lot of disguise. Yeah, I was. It could have disguise and sleight of hand because it will hide itself in flower pots and steal food from people as they walk by. Yes, that's hilarious, and I love it. That we should make these things like magical pests that are just hard to deal with. That's <laughs> this is the funniest thing. Ari, you are an absolute treat. Yay! Plus nine disguise. Plus nine. Slight of hand. So that's 36 out of the 54 skill points. <laughs> We've actually spent most of those already. Um, okay, what else do we have to go on here? It will, as a CR7 creature, generally have four feats. Four feats? Yeah, man. So these are going to be anything that it would ordinarily qualify for as well as monstrous unique feats. They can have all kinds of crazy would, stuff. Would blind sense fall into that, or is that just... I think that's just a form of perception. I don't think that's a feat. Let's look at some monster feats. Let's let's find some of these, if I can. So... Ooh, I think I found a way to bump up the damage while keeping low damage dice. How's that? Constrict. Constrict. I was actually Once it just about grapples, to. It can do a special attack and crush its opponent. Dealing bludgeoning damage. Yes. Constrict does 1d8 plus 6 under special attack. So that'll be one of its feats. So constrict. Amphib do we want it to carry disease? Would it carry a disease? 
Would pollen allergies count a disease? No. Blind sense apparently does count as a monstrous feat, so that's two. Nice. All right, let's keep on looking down these pages. I'm tempted to say fast healing, but I don't know. It could have fast healing as long as it's planted in soil. But will we want to use a feat on that? Or will we want to give that like as a special thing, like a special ability where it does have fast healing, but under a specific condition? I like the specific condition because what we could do is like it has fast healing as long as it's planted in soil, the flower is open, and it has direct sunlight. Uh, we could give it plant traits, which make it immune to all mind-affecting effects, uh, paralysis, poison, polymorph, sleep, and stun. Ooh. And I mean, it is part plant, so plant traits. Uh, what else are you thinking? It could have life sense instead of blind sense. That would just replace one. Are these just special abilities? Are these not even feats? Am I just stupid? I these are know. just monster rules. These are just things that we're giving it. So it honestly doesn't even matter. We can give it as many of these as we wish. Let's do it. Is there like a... A what? I can't read fast. Damage dice. That's okay. Do, 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 saving throws. Speed. Oh boy. It's going to be slow. I mean, feats are usually hard to pick anyways. So. Ooh. Paralysis. Do we want to give it paralysis? Maybe from a pollen-based attack? Ooh. A pollen breath weapon. Ooh. It could be a pollen breath weapon. Or is that paralysis? But that'll be solid on that one. Paralysis. Ooh. Okay. So instead of having just fast healing, it could have regeneration when planted. What's the difference? Uh, a creature that has regeneration will heal damage at a fixed rate, as with fast healing, but they cannot die as long as their regeneration is still functioning. So if it's planted ah, in the ground, like you can't kill it. Yeah. So you'd have to like physically uproot the creature for it to be able to die, or else it would be able to regenerate itself. It's because its heart is actually in its tentacles. That's gross. Regeneration. So I'll add some... Uh, no, it's like an aloe plant. Like, you could pull off, like, a leaf from an owl plant and plop it somewhere else, and it'll start growing a whole new plant. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, like, it could even just be, like, Troll's Regeneration, where you have to kill it with fire so it doesn't just root itself. Yes. So that gives it plenty of unique and interesting traits. And abilities. So we'll leave the feats for off off the the podcast because we're running a little long here anyway um yes how as you do when we, we can do things. it uh yeah we can do it this way where i'll pick two and you pick two feats yeah so that way we have the four that we need but we're both still okay. uh you know contributing and uh for the most part this actually completes the creature the other thing that we would need to do is like determine what if any kind of treasure it would drop i don't know that this thing would drop any kind of specific treasure because we've um, ultimately made it out to be just like a high level nuisance i could see it like in the wild having like a quote-unquote horde wherever it has planted itself with prey if that prey was humanoid but other than that probably wouldn't have treasure yeah so we can we can make it uh circumstantial tre treasure which i think just yes. is a thing and this gives us a fairly solid baseline. Like, it's something that, of course, we'll, uh, we'll flesh out, and then we'll put this creature out here. And as Ari suggested, and as you are now fully on the hook for advertising, 
Uh, yes. we'll, we'll have a little contest to to name this creature, what what the species is called. So I think this gives us a good overview as to what making a creature is. And really the thing that you need before going into something like this is just a solid concept. And even if you have only kind of like a general idea of what the creature is going to turn out to be, as long as you know what role it's supposed to fill, you can at least get yourself started pretty easily. Yes. And then, say, for instance, you already know what a creature is, the kinds of abilities it has, and what kind of threat it's meant to possess. Like, say, you just really like the specific basilisk out of Harry Potter, that gives you all the more information to work with to just pick those abilities that it would have and the size and the traits and just put them down on paper because they exist within the books that we were only working out of bestiary one. At least I was. Um, the cool thing about Pathfinder is all of its, uh, all of its stuff is open source. You can go to d20pfsrd.com and literally the entire system is just free to browse through there. It's not formatted the best. So the books are, you know, very much, easier to read through but it all the information is there so if you want to build your own monster and you don't have all these books you can just look up that page on the wiki and browse through find what piques your interest your curiosity and build a monster off of that do you think the basilisk would be huge gargantuan or colossal i think it would be uh huge because that that hogwarts basement wasn't terribly big in the movie that's fair and also uh, Voldemort is a nerd. Yes. I'm not wrong. Anything that you would like to add, Miss Ari? Uh, just be careful with homebrew because it can be more powerful than you think it is. And you don't want a TPK. Unless you want a TPK. Yeah. Then go all out. Yeah, uh, it is generally a good idea to, like, playtest monsters when you make them. Like, even though we've made this thing to be generally CR7, uh, like, I, I, this thing's within the level to use in the current campaign I'm running. I might, honestly. But without playtesting it first and seeing how all these abilities are going to interact, it might be a little stronger than I anticipated, and things might need tweaking. So playtesting your homebrew monsters is important. You show up in town. There are lots of flowers around. They're kind of pretty. I mean, they're okay. But, unfortunately, they're also vermin, and that in order to get rid of them, you basically have to burn down the town. We gave up trying a long time ago. They like to steal sweet rolls. It's a pain! (laughs) (laughs) Any closing thoughts? Do you like waffles? I like sweet rolls. We all like sweet rolls. You're a sweet yes. roll. Ooh. I'm gonna roll that. Oh no, the reverse card. I'm gonna roll the d20 and see what next week's topic is gonna be. Hey, hey. I rolled a 15, which is the Dead Suns Starfinder Adventure <gasps> Path. I know about this. I know about as well. this. I ran this one. It was terrible because my group was like eight players at the time. I listened to uh, the Glass Cannon podcast and they they do this one for their Starfinder campaign. I haven't listened to that. I have listened to Cosmic Crit who also did this. So it's out there. But uh, this yeah. this particular adventure path is 
six books long. So and we'll deadly. It's real easy in the first few books, though. Deadly. <laughs> um, so uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep this one on the table. And every time I roll Dead Sons, we'll cover another book. The first one is going to be book one, Insulin Dead. Incident. My at Absalom break. Station. Incident at Absalom Station. Absalom Station is big boy space pajamas. So, thank you everyone for listening. Yes. Thank you to our patrons, one of which Ari is. Hi, I give you money. You do give me money. You're, you are, in fact, the... St- primary reason there even is a patreon like you pestered me about it you were like shut up and take my money yes so thanks you're You're basically my sugar mama uh but also also thank you to jenny and to kozai my other two patrons who have been very supportive of this podcast the entire time for some reason because we love you oh yay oh my heart it swells with warmth and light and uh, it might also just be a heart attack help no <laughs> find us on facebook facebook.com slash d20 dudes find us on twitter twitter.com slash d20 dudes or at d20 dudes support me on patreon if you are so inclined to toss a pence my way patreon.com slash d20 dudes and as always the discord link to our very public discord is in the description because it is a long string of silly characters that is hard to 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 parse out in vocal format. But thank you again for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.